This is Boston Scott, and you're listening to the Birds Banter Podcast. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. What's going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. This is your host, Matt Loopy, and as always, this show is presented to you by PHLSportsNation.com. Eagles football is very, very close. That's why you need to be dialed in to PHL Sports Nation and, more importantly, PHL Eagles Nation. Eagles Nation, we're almost at 50,000 followers on Twitter. Great, great content, and it's only going to get better when the Eagles get back on the field and the regular season gets kicked off. So make sure you're checking out PHL Sports Nation and also PHL Eagles Nation. But as well, I mean, if you're a fan of all Philly sports teams, we cover the Phillies, the Sixers, the Flyers, the Union. We have it all there at PHLSportsNation.com. Hope everybody's having a great week so far. We are so close, so close to Eagles football. Unfortunately, there's some injuries that the Eagles are dealing with right now. You know, you kind of just want to keep them off the field and just get them ready for week one, have everybody healthy, but hoping for the best week one that everybody's going to be back and ready to normal. Um, You know, Alshon Jeffrey, Jalen Rager, obviously not expected to be there for week one, as well as Brandon Brooks, Andre Dillard, who suffered those long-term injuries. Um, Andre Dillard being the most recent one, but it's tough. I mean, the injuries are going to be a problem this season just because there hasn't been a lot of contact. There hasn't been a lot of training camp, and it's just going to get worse um, as these players get onto the field and start facing real opponents. But the only thing the Eagles can do right now is train hard in training camp, get as, as most as the regular season ready as possible, but also create the best team to put out there on game day and the best team for the entire 2020 season. We are just several days away from the Eagles making roster cuts. They're at around 80. Um, roster spots right now need to go down to 53 so there's a lot of cuts that need to be made a lot of key cuts in key positions there's been a a huge battle at many positions this offseason we've seen players compete at safety cornerback wide receiver um, offensive line there's a lot of competition there defensive line so it's going to be interesting to see what the eagles end up doing but we're going to help you out a little bit ahead of those choices. I have Chris Infante on with me today of Philly Sports Network, not Philly Sports Nation, but Philly Sports Network, another great source for um, Eagles and just Philly sports um, content in general. Chris and I are going to talk about who we think is going to make the 53-man roster, give you some breakdowns on um, positional battles. We also talk about Leonard Fournette who was recently cut by the Jaguars. Will the Eagles be interested? We talked about Riley Reif after we recorded this. Um, Turns out that he's staying with the Vikings, so that kind of got washed out the window. But we talked about Jason Peters, if he's going to move back to left tackle. So a lot of great content for you guys coming this way on this week's episode. Before we get started and bring Chris on, we're going to take a pause from our sponsors. All right, guys, if you guys are following us on social media, you knew that we are happy to announce a new sponsor for the Birds Banter Podcast. It's Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a sports prop bet app, and we want you to come prop up with Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. So for the NFL, you're going to choose 10 out of the 20-player prop options to build your lineup. But also, if you're interested in other sports, they have the NBA, the MLB, PGA, and even eSports. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $1.4 million in prizes since launching in just 2018. And for week one, they have $50,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL week one. That's a lot of money that they're going to be giving away. And we have a great deal for you guys to get started at a very, very good deal. And make sure you get a share of that $50,000. 
So you're going to go to um, Thrive Fantasy, use promo code BBP when you sign up today, and you will, re- will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download, download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or the Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Support for the Birds Banter podcast is also provided to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over the technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Now, you know, you never want to make a, a mistake or have a cut when you're trimming, so that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower and one of the coolest features in my opinion is the LED light which illuminates the grooming area for a closer and more precise trim. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology and let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PHL. All right, everybody, we are less than two weeks away from the NFL season. So what that means is we're going to have Eagles football very soon, but that also means that there are going to be roster cuts very soon. It's always a tricky time for the Eagles and every team across the league. Try to figure out who is going to make this 53-man roster, um, at what position are you going to make cuts at. Always very difficult, cutting down from 80 this year as opposed to 90 um, every other regular offseason. But today I have Chris Infante on with me to talk about what the 53-man roster might look like. Chris is part of Philly Sports Network and the Flipping the Birds podcast. Chris, how are you doing? Why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself? I'm, I'm good. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. I'm, I'm working on a little few hours of sleep. I have a nine-month-old coming this, this Friday. She'll be nine months, and she is, she's not sleeping. So I'm a little bit – I'm on overtime right now, uh, but, and I'm going back to work. I'm a teacher also, so I go back to work tomorrow. Uh, so it's, uh, it's going crazy times, yeah, but I appreciate it. I appreciate and I'm trying to keep up with all the Eagles news at once. You know, it's my mind is going a thousand miles a minute. Um, but I appreciate you having me on. Um, those of you that don't know who I am, uh, like Matt said, I'm part of Philly Sports Network. Um, you know, you, you may have seen the hashtags PSNSZN all over because we, you know, we we like to do big things around here. Um, myself and Brian Cameron, my co-host of Flipping the Birds, um, we've we're just over a year of being on a podcast. Uh, we've had some good ho- we've had some good guests. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had Brian Dawkins on. Um, we had Graylin Arnold on in uh, early July. We had Kayvon Wallace on in, in May. Uh, we had Trey Thomas on in April. And we've had a lot of different uh, bloggers and and radio personalities on as well. So uh, mm-hmm. we've uh, we've we've got we've gone above and beyond than what I thought we'd ever do. So yeah. we're, we're very blessed and lucky to to be where I am right now. And uh, again, I appreciate you having me on yeah that's awesome great to hear um great job doing over doing stuff over there at philly sports network i'm um, pretty similar to what philly sports nation is um where uh, birds banter is associated with but yeah i've definitely been following you guys for a while um Appreciate do that. some great work so uh, looking forward to today so we can jump right into it um talk about the different positions obviously easy ones kicker punter long snapper i think we can agree that elliot johnson and lovato are going to make those three spots but um, it gets pretty interesting after that. There's not many positions that are set in stone. So um, start off with quarterback. So my first question to you is, so the Eagles and Doug Peterson have announced that Nate Sudfeld will be the backup quarterback. That's how they kind of approach training camp so far. Um, when we get into the season, if Carson Wentz gets hurt, gets banged up for a game, and they need to put a different quarterback in, are you going to put in Sudfeld or Jalen Hurts? 
I think I think we're going to see the first time in a long time we see the Eagles um, activate three quarterbacks on game day. Um, you know, Doug Peterson wants to say Sudfeld's number two, blah, blah, blah. But I think you're going to see Hurts in the game before you ever see Sudfeld in the game yeah. because of all the packages that they can play. And uh, with that being said, I don't see how you, you get – I know Sudfeld has experience, but really he, his real only experience was that last game of the season a couple of years ago uh, when it was the final game of the season – and other than that, it's been nothing because either he's been hurt and then Josh McCown is signed and he's not the backup quarterback anymore and all this stuff. So we really don't know what we have in Sudfeld. Um, but you kind of know what you have in Hurts, given his college football success and all that. I know his training camp was a little iffy and he's throwing interceptions here and there. And Sudfeld had a nice pat touchdown to, to Deshaun Jackson a couple of days ago. Um, but I think given how many times they're going to have Hurts in when he's not in a quarterback, you know, the hybrid, whatever he, they want to call him. I think if, God forbid, Wentz goes down, Hurts, Hurts is coming in. You know, it's just that you don't have to change your game plan as much if Hurts comes in. Because Hurts might be a little bit more athletic than Wentz. Wentz can do a lot. Hurts can do a lot as well. But um, you can keep – like when, when McCown came in in the playoffs – you had to do so many different things that yeah, you do with once. So with Sudfeld, Sudfeld can move kind of, but I, for them to, to, to keep the game plan as um, 100% and not, not down anymore, it's going to be Hurts. You, know, you, you saw it last year with the wide receivers in, in the Falcons game when Deshaun went down, and that, that was trying to – and God, it was out. The game plan changed because you didn't have any receiver of, the, of that caliber put that in the, in the quarterback side, once goes down, you bring in Sutfeld, the game plan is completely changed. Hurts at least keeps it kind of consistent. Right. That's a great point. I mean, I think um, going from Wentz to either Sudfeld or Hurts is obviously a drop-off in skill and talent okay. on the field. So if you're going to have that drop-off, you have to keep things creative. If you, if you want to win this football game, whether you have to close out one drive or you have to close out the entire game from the first quarter. So keeping Hurts on the field as much as possible will give them that creative, um, you know, aspect to of the offense and some that they've probably been running for a long time now, um, trying to get him involved a couple of plays a game and uh, get him moving around as quarterback, running back, whatever it's going to be. So I think that would be the smart move. They do like Sudfeld right now. So we'll see what happens um, when the season comes, whether, you know, they have to incorporate another quarterback or not. But um, are you are you rolling with those three guys just for the quarterback group? Yeah, Anybody else? Yeah. No, like yeah. at this point, there's really no one else out there that you right. can get that makes sense. The only other person that makes sense is Kyle Lalletta, and he's you know he's probably he's probably going to be signed to the practice squad again. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Lalletta. You know, he's a Jersey guy, and he's I know he he's, he grew up an Eagles fan and, and all this, so it's I like him a lot. He's a big arm, but um, you know, it's there's no one as much as we Doug wants to say or how he wants to say quarterback factory. Those are the three. Those are the three guys, you know, right. and, and I don't know how many years we're going to say Sudfeld's the backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's at, at some point you got to move on to a different backup quarterback and let him, you know, go somewhere else. You know, I, I think I think I heard, you know, in the past Indianapolis was interested in him because of the whole, you know, Reich connection there. Mm-hmm. Maybe Sudfeld gets a shot next year to be a starter next year. It's not going to be in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So moving on to running back, my first question before we talk about any other running back, do you have Leonard Fournette on your list? Uh, I've been today when that when that when that um, news broke, I was constantly Eagles. Let's go Eagles. Eagles, Eagles. <laughs> I, I, let me preface this by like I I know it's far fetched. I I know like I I say a lot of crap on Twitter that I I know is far fetched. Sometimes I like to you know just throw stuff out there and right. see what sticks. You know, um, yeah, I Fournette. He's a little bit injury prone. He's a big guy. He's huge. Mm-hmm. We look at 2017 and we look at what worked. And what worked was Blount at the goal line with JJ slashing, with Kenyon Barner coming in, with Wendell Smallwood coming in. I know it's not, 2020 is not going to be the RBBC that we've seen in the past from Andy Reid all the way to Doug Peterson. You know, we're, we're not going to see that this year. It's a Miles Sanders show. But come on, like the you you have to look at Leonard Fournette. I know you he and I spoke to someone who's very familiar with the Jaguars, and he said the Fournette 
excels because of his value. You know, I, I put the stat on Twitter that he has the most yards up the middle since being drafted. He has a, over 1,100 yards rushing up the middle. That comes with a 3.8, 3.9 yards per carry, which, you know, isn't the, you know, rah-rah 4.0 and above that everybody loves. But I look at it as, as a 3.3, 3.4 yards per carry. You rush that three times in a row at 3.4 yards carry, it's a first down. Right. It's, it only takes 10 yards to get a first down. So if you need that one, two, three yards in the goal line, you put Leonard Fournette behind our offensive line, no matter how decimated it is right now, you still have Jason Kelsey, you still have Lane Johnson. Still, Isaac, I love Isaac Sayamalo. He did a great job last year. Mm-hmm. And even if, if Peters does great, you have Kelsey, Peters, Johnson on the right side, you can't tell me Leonard Fournette's not going to be successful behind those three guys, especially, you know, Miles Sanders. I know it's far-fetched. I can't see him. I really can't see him being – it's crazier stuff that's happened. I can't see him being claimed at the price tag right now. You know, it is only – it's only uh, – it's $4 million. Uh, it's going to take a lot for him to be claimed. To, to run. If he is claimed, it's not going to be by the Eagles or anybody behind them. I think it's going to be someone before them. Mm-hmm. But I, I honestly don't think he'll be claimed, and I think he's better suited to taking a one- to two-year – a one to two million dollar deal, especially with the Eagles, with the with the offensive line coach, with the running back that they have, the running back coach that they have, and all that stuff, the head coach that they have, um, take that deal from Philly, reestablish reestablish your value, show everybody that your deficiencies were caused by the terrible offensive line in Jacksonville, the terrible coaching and every, on all accounts in, in Jacksonville, take that to a winning team, despite what, what Nigel Bradham wants to say. <laughs> Take that to a winning team and establish a value just like Jordan Howard did. I know Jordan Howard was traded, and it's a different scenario, and Jordan Howard was the guy until he went down. But Jordan Howard showed enough in the 10 games that he played to get a nice deal from Miami. Leonard Fournette comes here, shows that he can still pound the rock up the middle and, and, and decimate defenses. And, and again, he's, like, he's, he's not the Leonard Fournette people thought he was. He could get a nice deal somewhere else and how he Roseman gets his comp pick that he loves. Yep. So much. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I am kind of questioning if Fournette would be available to, you know, take a reduced workload because Sanders, they want him to be that number one guy. They don't really want him to split carries with somebody um, and, you know, technically take like a year off and take a pay cut and try to cash in later on. Um, it, it would make sense um, in theory, but some players just, you know, aren't too crazy about that. And um, when the Eagles were going, you know, targeting these veteran running backs back in the, in the summer, um, you know, Carlos Hyde, Devontae Freeman, LaShawn McCoy, they were looking at these running backs because one um, from what I've seen, one, they wanted somebody with a little bit more power. Um, When you look at their backs right now, they don't have a lot of power. And number two, if Miles Sanders gets hurt, they weren't confident in somebody stepping up and being a full-time back. So Fournette takes both those boxes, but at the same time, these past few weeks in training camp, um, power wise, Elijah Holyfield has got a ton of volume and, you know, apparently he's looking good. Michael so, Warren has been getting a little bit too. Right. Um, yeah. So th- they have power right there. And then also Corey Clement, I mean, everybody's saying he's going back to 2017 form. So yeah. if he can stay healthy, then he can technically be a starter for a couple of weeks if they need him to. So right. they kind of filled those holes. So say Fournette does not end up in Philly, uh, which is probably you know, unlikely to start, but um, what is the running back group looking like for you right now? Um, I, I, I love it. You know, I love Boston Scott. I love mm-hmm. Corey. Uh, you know, I, 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 I like the, the, the tape that I've seen on Polder Field. I like the tape that I've seen on Warren. Adrian Killens is the fastest man in the world, apparently. Yeah. You know, it's, but that's what, back to your point, God forbid Sanders goes down. None of those running backs are taking more than 15 carries a game, mm-hmm. if that. You know, I look at Miles Sanders, and I think he's going to be a 250-plus back. And that only that only needs 17 carries a game, right. which is very easy for him. You know, it's um, towards the end of the season, he that he was averaging around there. And there's no other running back on that roster. Let's say, you know, again, you know, knock on wood, nothing happens. Sanders goes down tomorrow for the rest of the season. The Scott, Clement, Holyfield might combine for – 600 carries because it's going to, you know, spread with Holyfield and all. It's not going to be, you know, a one, one of those guys as the bell cow because you can't Boston Scott, Adrian Killens are both five, seven, six, five, seven. Mm-hmm. 
Corey Clement has shown that he cannot stay healthy. We don't know what we have in Holyfield, but the, the, the way he runs the ball shows that he's not, he can't be a long-term back because he just pounds it up the middle and he gets destroyed. And then Warren's undrafted free agent for a reason. You know, it's, and, I, and I say that knowing that Clement is undrafted free agent. He, he's a Super Bowl hero. But bringing Fournette, and let's say Sanders is down a game or two, Fournette can, gets his volume that he's always shown that he can handle. I know he always has also has his injury issues, but the the lack he maybe he sees that the less volume he takes keeps his body fresh. You know, it, it sees the again the offensive line that he sees. Maybe he said, you know what, I got a, I got a nice payday in Jacksonville. I'm, he's grieving over the contract right now with Jacksonville with with, with his guarantees or something like that with the whole Coughlin thing a, a couple of years ago for finding him for sitting on the bench. Um, if he can win that, and he says, all right, I got my money coming from here. Maybe I'll take a little less to go to a contender and, and establish his value, and then he goes somewhere else. I, again, I, I, I would love the move. I would understand that they don't do it. You know, the, Peterson has said that he loves his running back group right now, but he also said when Carlos Hyde went to Seattle, he didn't say it by name. He said that we've been looking at some veteran running backs for depth. We did let someone slip through our fingers and just process of elimination – it's Carlos Hyde. Yeah. So if, if if you're letting Carlos Hyde leave and then you, you're pissed that he got he left, here's another power back for you right here who who ex who who worked on his his receiving ability last year. I think mm-hmm. he led the whole they had he led the whole team in rece- receptions last year uh, with 75, I believe. Wow. So that again, you keep that continuity in the offense when you need a receiving back as well. Miles Sanders does it. Fournette now does it. So it's not much of a change. Again, I, I don't think it happens, but I think it would be a great compliment to Sanders, even though Sanders doesn't really need a compliment because he can go up the middle. At, he averaged 6.5 yards per carry up the middle last year. It's ballooned by his huge run, and I forget who he played, but he had like a 60-something yard run up the middle. Um, but he can still do it. But I think Fournette, Sanders, Scott, and Clement would be reminiscent of that 2017 rotation and I would, I would love it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, that that sounds great. Um, you know, I, I would welcome Fournette here if he's going to take a lower contract. But moving on, uh, the next two positional groups we're going to talk about are getting hit hard with injuries. Now we're going to start with the offensive line. You know, we knew that Brandon Brooks went down a couple months ago. He's doing good, um, but definitely he's a, he he is a robot. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's he, not human. He is an android. Yeah, so, someone made him and. <laughs> that's what we get because the fact that he's doing what he's doing now and lane johnson said it doesn't he he wouldn't be surprised if he comes back yeah it's uh it's it's crazy yeah he's a machine yeah he made a miraculous recovery from his last achilles tear and now this one you know he's looking at top of that which is insane but um you know a couple of days ago andre dillard went down lane johnson has missed um you know several days of practice with an injury he says he's okay um, but offensive line, you know, they need a lot of depth there, especially now with these injuries. Can you list off some guys that you would see as making the final roster? Uh, I don't think – I honestly don't think that the, the let starting left tackle is on the team right now. Uh, oh. It's um, – you know, there's a, there's a situation going on in Minnesota right now. Riley yeah. Reif is about to get cut for not taking a pay cut. Now, you could see that and say, you know, why would he – get why would he get the same amount if not more from another team if, you know why would he why wouldn't he take why would he take a pay cut somewhere else if he's not going to take a pay cut with minnesota mm. you know a lot of factors you know team you know maybe he feels disrespected and you know that you know but um the fact that they went out and got yannick and now they want rife to take the pay cut for what they just did made a move for maybe he doesn't like that you know it's i, I think he's going to be the guy he's he's has experience we Training camp right now, they, 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 they've been toying with Matt Pryor at left tackle, and that has not worked out at all, not even a little bit. Josh Sweat abused the guy. Yeah. Um, Josh Sweat, I, I love Josh Sweat. But um, Matt Pryor is not the answer to left tackle. We don't know. I mean, I, I know my lot is ready to go, and he made these comments like, I, I'm confident. On it. That's great. But you're still a rugby player going to play left tackle to, to protect one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Mm. I don't know. He's been injured, I, too. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 not the healthiest guy ever, either. So it's and then you got Jack Driscoll, who's been prim- primarily right side. I think he has the athleticism to do left side. Um, athletically, he and Dillard are, are very similar. Um, and 
everything you see about Joris Cole is just rave reviews about the guy. You know, in March, he people were having him do uh, – teams were having him do center drills. And he's been working on right guard. He's been working on right tackle. I don't think I – don't, I, I don't think I, – I probably know. They won't move Lane to left tackle. Lane's right tackle forever. You know, even though he played left tackle in Oklahoma, he's right tackle. Um, it's – I think their best move is one of two things. You pay Jason Peters to move over to the left, and you put Pryor or Driscoll over there, right guard. You don't need to really practice that as much because Jason Peters knows how to play left tackle. He knows how to – hopefully he knows how to – start on the right snap count you know we, we know his that's been his issues lately um but we know he's he's a hall of fame left tackle um, but if, he, if if peterson's dead fast on nope we're keeping him at right guard we're not paying him anymore then it has to be right he has the experience he's he's a draft pick of jim schwartz jim schwartz drafted him in detroit in 2012 and had him 2012 2013 um so he's familiar with their uh, with uh, and he gets to work with one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. I think, you know, Rife's experience uh, blocking for Stafford for so many years. He also blocked for Sam Bradford, you know, blocking for Kirk Cousins now. And it's, I think that work, work, work well for the Eagles. And you may not have to break the bank for him. Maybe it takes less to come over to Philly. Who knows? But I think the experience in Rife is better than, all of their options if it's not moving Peters over. That Absolutely. being said, I think I think my Lada probably doesn't make it. Eh. Depending on how Prince Tega Wanahu is doing, I know he's all over the place with injuries and, and, and getting up to speed and all that. Um, I think if 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 no one's signed, I think I think my Lada ends up being the left tackle so week one, which is not great in my opinion um and then you have you probably have Mylata on that side peters on the other side you got probably driscoll backing up um johnson you probably have P- uh, prior backing up Mylata. so that left tackle position is really 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 shaky um probably if prince gets healthy he probably moves out the backup left tackle uh and with prior moving over to to be backup right guard i mean prior is really the now the big v of the line right now um, but it's shaky. It's yeah. and, and for, you can't have a shaky offensive line with that offense. It's you know we 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 harped on Wentz last year for holding the ball too long, and that was because the receivers weren't getting any separation. Okay, now people are gonna say you should have held the ball a little. Uh, you have to get the ball quicker, 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 because the pocket's collapsing. So they're gonna blame everything on Wentz when the pocket's collapsing because my lava can't control Chase Young, you know, they can control, um, you know, uh, I forget, the, the Calais Campbell and all that, you know, because they're playing the Ravens. So, you know, it, it, all this offensive line turmoil, it's probably going to get down to once when it shouldn't. And I just hope that, you know, he doesn't get blocked into a back like Dillard did, you know, last week. Um, it's it's going to be a scary side if that's his situation up front. Yeah, I mean – with Carson Wentz at QB, you have to play it safe, get the best offensive line out there as possible, whether it's Rife or whether it's Jason Peters moving back to left tackle. I mean, I like having Jack Driscoll, Matt Pryor, um, Prince Tegobinago, having these guys as depth. I mean, they're promising young players, but you can't put a rookie or you can't put Jordan Mailata out there at left tackle right away. I mean, they're not ready for it. You're just putting your offense at a serious disadvantage um, just from the start. So especially a left tackle, I mean, I'd rather have a weakness on the interior than left tackle, um, one of the most important positions on the field. Um, so we'll see what happens with that, but hopefully Peters or Rife will, uh, you know, Peters transi- transitioning back to left tackle or Rife coming to Philly. Um, that would be ideal for the Eagles. Another position that is struggling with injuries, Jalen Rager is out for a couple of weeks with a, um, you know, dislocated shoulder or partially tearn, uh, torn labrum. Um, Alshon Jeffrey is going to be out for a little bit still with that Liz Franck injury. He's going to be running up um, soon here, but you know, having those guys are probably not going to start on the IR or the PUP because it's reported that they're going to be ready in a couple of weeks. Um, hopefully week three, they'll be back. Maybe Jeffrey a little bit longer. Besides that, what do you, what do you see on this wide receiver group? I love it. And you know, I know Ray is going to be, hopefully he's back week three on uh, the Bengals. Um, 
if it was me, I'd probably be holding on that week also because yeah. the Bengals, you know, <laughs> bring them back for the Niners game. Um, have I, They can survive the first three weeks with what they got, barring any other injuries. You know, we know we had Deshaun for one game last year. So, yeah. um, so I mean, you have um, the Redskins, then you have the, Char- the, the, the Rams, Rams, and then you have the, um, the Bengals for the first three. And if you're without Regor, Jeffrey, those three, I think you're okay because you, Hightower's been a bright spot. Watkins has been a bright spot. Ward has been heavily targeted. Uh, J, JJ has apparently found new life. You know, he, right. he's wearing an arm sleeve now. He's got a tattoo on <laughs> arm sleeve. Yeah. He's, he saw all the reports and he's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm done. You know, he's done having his mom hold his umbrella for him. <laughs> got a little more life now. Um, I think you have the depth there and we have the depth finally wide receiver for the first time in a long time. You can you can withstand those injuries a little more. You know, it, game plan may change a little bit. It may change to what you saw the final few weeks of the season, where it was the Miles Sanders and Boston Scott show mm-hmm. with a sprinkle of Greg Ward and Deontay Burnett and all that. I think that's probably going to be the first three weeks of the season until that you get healthy wide receiver wise. But Miles Sanders showed he can he can do it all too. You know, you could split Sanders out wide, you could split Scott out wide. You know, mm-hmm. it's you could play both Miles Sanders and Scott at the same lineup yeah it's it, they still have a lot of firepower it, it, i don't think it's that big of a deal obviously Rhaegar has to heal up and get healthy and we know our history with with that stuff and rehabbing and it turned into season-long injuries i know deshaun chose not to rehab last year and i'm sure Rhaegar, if he has to do anything he would he'll do it um but who knows i mean it's it's a, i just worry because it's a slight tear in his labrum and those can linger and they can get worse. But if he doesn't need surgery, that's great. I, I read from a physician um, on Twitter today. If he didn't pop, if, if, if that shoulder popped out and tore a little bit, he popped it back in himself. It's probably more of a one to two week injury. If okay. it didn't pop out, he needed the doctor to go in and then do it. And it's more of a three to four weeks. And we're probably looking at the three to four week. Right. Um, so and that, that's fine if we get him back for end, end of September, early October. We have him for the rest of the season. We have him for twelve games. Yeah, so I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, this offseason, the, the Eagles made a priority to improve this wide receiver group. They get Deshaun back healthy. They're hoping for JJ to make those improvements. Looks like he has so far. They draft um, Rager, then also John Hightower and Quez Watkins. You know, Hightower and Watkins were players that people didn't really expect to play much this year with. Um, you know, Jeffrey coming back, Rager in the lineup, but it looks like the first couple of weeks, they'll definitely see the field quite a bit. Um, so looking forward to seeing them, but you mentioned, you know, the Eagles have other offensive firepower to balance it out. If Jeffrey and Rager are out for a couple of weeks, um, a big position that's going to help that is the tight ends. So Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, in my opinion, no, it's Togi is going to make that third spot. Uh, what do you see about the tight end group? I agree. You know, it's the first two no-brainers. It's they're going to be the again the best duo in the whole league. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Noah Togia, he's he's shown some really good stuff. You know, um, so Shane Perkins went down, but now you know Togia is going to have a chance to to do some stuff. Um, I don't. I never saw them trying to. Uh, you got Caleb Smith. Uh, he was just a body that came in. Um, you know, it's and I thought it was. I thought it was. Um, a little weird that they brought him in. I know they, you know, the tight end, they love 12 personnel. So yeah. you, you got to stash as many tight ends as you want, but you got, you got, you hit it on the head. You know, the first three are set in stone. Told you I was probably not going to get much play anyway, you know, left of it, Ertz or Goddard goes down, but he's shown that he can play. You know, he was, he was highly regarded coming out. Um, he was a good get for the Eagles, the undrafted, you know, people raved about that move and um, he's, he's going to be, um, I think he's going to be a surprise if he gets to play. And um, yeah, the, the Eagles usually hit on their undrafted free agents. So that would come in. We saw that with TJ Edwards last year. Um, and I think um, Togiai is, is going to be one of a, a few undrafted free agents for the Eagles this year that, that perform and perform well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, week one or week two last year, the Eagles only had – Ertz and Goddard um, on the roster, only two tight ends, which was um, mind blowing because they run so much 12 personnel. And then like you mentioned earlier, 
Goddard goes down week two with an injury and all of a sudden Ertz is the only tight end available. So I would imagine they're going to learn from their mistake there and keep three tight ends um, going into the season, but throughout the season as well. So even if Togiai doesn't play too much to start or at all, they need that insurance policy for sure. Just to, like you mentioned, maintain that consistency within the offense. If injuries happen, that's going to be huge because as we can see already, as we've seen years past, injuries are a huge part of the game. Um, but going to the defensive side, that offense looks pretty solid in my opinion. Defensive line, a lot of big names here. Um, couple injuries, but looks like everybody's going to be okay for week one. Um, you know, you got the stars in Barnett, Cox, Hargrave, uh, Brandon Graham, Leek Jackson rolling in um, every once in a while. Uh, the depth is pretty intriguing. Who do you think are the biggest battles here on the defensive side of the line? I think Barnett's. I think Barnett's working for his job right now. Sweat's been yeah. outstanding in camp. Sweat has been outstanding for a couple of years now in the limited playing time that he's gotten. Um, last year he had pretty much the same stats that Jadavian Clowney had, and just in a lot less snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Barnett. He needs to show that he can stay healthy. He, he needs to show that he he's worth the 13th pick, um, and uh, it's going to be tough for him to, to do that on the sidelines. He's, I was told by an Eagle source a couple months ago that it's going to be the first offseason Barnett is going to be healthy. You know, he wasn't healthy really much in high school. In college, he was banged up. And then we saw his first few years um, with the Eagles, he's been banged up. This is finally the first year that he's been fully healthy, full offseason program, didn't have to stop or anything. And then we have this. So I, you know, if, if Barnett, I know he's, I think he's back at practice with a helmet. He's not really doing much yet. It's, it's times running out for him to do much. If he wants to play week one, I think if, I honestly think if, if, if we see um, Barnett go down, we probably see a little shift in the line, and it's a, it's a starting line of um, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, which I, I think he's going to be back. It's just a little yeah. pectoral strain that he hurt while lifting. I mean, he'll be fine. Um, Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson on the line. Either Cox at defensive end or Jackson at defensive end. Now they both do it. They've both done it well. Jackson was a pro bowler as a defensive end. Cox in the th- in Chip Kelly's three four scheme played defensive end, and he had nine and a half sacks. So they both can do it. I think that could be the first unit to go out quickly, turning into Sweat coming in for Jackson, and then and then, and shifting in from there. Um, who, I love Joel Osman. Mm-hmm. I've loved Joel Osman for the last couple of years. He's been on the lead in the, on the team, you know, ACL injuries and all. It, it, it sucks for him, but he's been a, last year. He abused Dillard and he got hurt. This year he abused Dillard again, and he's abusing Matt Pryor again. Yeah. He he's he's a hell of a worker. I would love to see him make the team. Um, I would love to see Alex Singleton defensive end. It's not going to happen. Uh, he's a linebacker, but I would love to see that his ferociousness at, on the line. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be out with uh, Jannard Avery for however long. Right. I, Casey Toohill has been working too. He's been really good in camp. It's, it's rare for a seventh round pick to, to beat out guys who's been here, but I think that happens. I don't, I don't think Sharif Miller makes, makes the roster. I think he's another year as a practice squad player. I think Casey Toohill may surprise and, and make this roster. Um, okay. And, and he may make the roster, may not play. You know, we've we've seen plenty of guys make the roster and just be at, be inactive on game days. But I think he makes the roster for 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 some good depth on on game day. Um, but it's, I, the line, I'm I'm not too worried. You know, st- you still have Hassan Ridgeway back there too. Mm-hmm. He's, he's also he's very good. The line is still going to be a strength. And once Derek Barnett is healthy, it's going to be more of a strength. And it's just going to be one of those lines where. Offensive lines are going to have to figure out who they're going to double. Yeah. You you can't really double anyone because you have pro bowlers along the whole line besides Dark Barnett. Um, but if, you know, Javon Hargrave is going to, is molding into an elite defensive tackle and he and Cox are going to form a, a really nice duo in the next couple of years until Cox. At some point, Cox is going to want a new deal. I don't think the Eagles are going to give him a new deal. I think Hargrave is here for the potential Cox replacement. And as much Cox is getting up there, he's, yeah. he's Cox is my age. I'm 31. Yeah, so it, you know, he's, as he's he's going to be 32 soon. It's it's he's getting up there. And I don't think the, the Eagles are going to justify giving him another 
four or five year massive deal that Chris Jones just got, that DeForest Barkman just got, it's it's not going to happen. So it's, um, but the defensive line is definitely the strength of that team right now. Yeah, it definitely is. And I was going to ask you about Sharif Miller, you know, fourth round pick um, just two years ago and really didn't see the field much at all. I think the only time he stepped on in 2019 was because he was on special teams coverages. Um, so, you know, he, he hasn't been doing much at all. Um, you know, people like Osman and Casey Tuller beat him out in camp, in my opinion. Um, another question for you before we move on, who do you think leads the team in sacks on the D-line? Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people saying sweat. And I kind of want to agree with them just because he – but at the same time, I remember he has bad knees. Yeah. Um, I think I, I think it's gonna be Graham again. Um, I think Graham has a has a real good shot at double digit sacks, twelve, thirteen. Um, I think his cap, I think his ceiling this year is fifteen. I really think because he's not gonna be doubled. No, it's yeah. gonna be there's gonna be a, he's gonna have a lot of coverage sacks. I think you know, the secondary. I know we're going to secondary in a minute. Secondary is gonna definitely not gonna be like last year. Last year the quarter, opposing quarterbacks were getting the ball out two seconds. Mm-hmm. And that's why we weren't getting the numbers of sacks. There were pressures. There were a lot of pressures. Uh, I think they hit 100 pressures for like the third year in a row. Um, but their sacks only dipped down by one. But it's because this, the quarterbacks were getting the ball out so quick because of Jim Schwartz's sticks defense. Mm-hmm. And having Rasul Douglas and Avante Maddox, Sidney Jones line up 12 yards away. So just quick slants and the quarterback's throwing the ball. So the, these guys can't couldn't get to the quarterback, and the people want to say, "Where are the sacks? Where are the sacks? Where are the sacks?" Could look at the coverage, um, but I think with the coverage better, we're going to see a lot more coverage sacks. Does the quarterback has nowhere to throw, and offensive line is very very tired, and you have Brandon Graham coming in. For I think he's, I think, I think we're going to have two two guys over ten sacks this year, and awesome. it's, that's rare for the Eagles yeah, in, in the history of the Eagles. But it's, I think it's going to happen. I think Brandon Graham's going to be one. And it's, I think it's either going to be Cox or Sweat for the other. Yeah, great. Great to hear. Um, moving on to linebacker, the Eagles have, I believe, just six linebackers on the roster right now. I would imagine all six are going to make the team. What do you think in there? I would think so. Uh, yeah. You know, you got, you got Edwards and Mike. Um, I think the only guy that's in a um, little bit of trouble for that, even though he's been really good in camp, is Sean Bradley. You know, you're not going to send your third round pick, Davion Taylor, to practice squad. Fifth round pick, more, more, or no, Sean Taylor, Sean Bradley, sixth round, sixth round pick, more likely. Um, you know, you got him. Gary's making the team. Edwards is making the team. Um, T- Taylor's making. Oh, I said it. So Taylor. Gary Edwards, Bradley, if uh, who knows, um, then Riley you guys, and Singleton. I, Riley and Singleton. Riley is the the special teams ace, so mm-hmm. he's not going anywhere. And then you got Singleton. I love Singleton. I absolutely. I think he's he has he's another guy who can excel in special teams because he just wants to kill the guy with the quarterback yeah. with the with the football. And um, he, I, I would love to see him on defense, it, but if with how few and far between we see a three linebacker set for the Eagles, and it's just nickel and dime pretty much all the time, they don't really have the need for six linebackers on the on the roster, mm-hmm. uh, on the active roster. So if you have Gary and, and Edwards, you're starting two linebackers in this. You're starting nickel set, then you really have Riley there backup. Uh, you have Singleton there as backup, maybe. Davian Taylor ro- rotating in. And there's your five. And maybe Bradley comes in uh, later on in the season when he, he shows a little more. Um, but I think he's shown enough to, that he can compete. I just don't think his draft status and where they are in a scheme standpoint that he's going to warrant a roster spot over the other positions. Because you're, you're, I think they're going to need to carry more offensive linemen, maybe yeah. one or two more. They're probably going to need to carry more – DBs, yeah, it's um, or maybe they they maybe they carry, you know, five wide receivers on game day, you know, mm-hmm. six wide receivers on game day. Uh, it's I I just don't think they 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 have the want to have that many linebackers. I've I've been banging the table for a, a legit Mike linebacker for as as with 
every Eagles fan has <laughs> for years. Um, I, I just I, – I missed the, the Jordan Hicks days when he was healthy. I missed the D'Amico Ryan's days, even the Stuart Bradley days mm-hmm. and the Jeremiah Trotter days where we had a legit thumper in the middle. I think T.J. Edwards is that guy, but – we haven't had a really good linebacker in a really long time. You know, and, I, and people want to say, well, Gary had 70-something tackles last year, career high. Well, yeah, I mean, but because people were running right at him. Yeah. At, at some point, you're gonna, you're, you will make a ta- tackle, but he also missed 13 tackles. So if we're talking about Fournette and his volume, and that's why he's getting so many yards, Gary had those many tackles because of the volume, how many times people were running at him. But they, really, they didn't think that he was going to tackle them. So um, – I think linebacker is a very weak, big weakness, but I think there. I, I like Taylor, his speed. I love Edwards. I think Bradley's going to be nice, and Riley's and Singleton's effort. Riley's been quietly become one of the more popular Eagles on the team. He went from public enemy number not number one, but he went went from a really despised guy because if no one remembers after the Falcons game last year. He was the guy front and center dancing in that little video right. that was sent out. And then all of a sudden he's traded to the Eagles. So everybody's like, oh, but now we, we see his passion. We see what he's all about. He's going to be a fun player to watch. And I think he might sneak in and, and grab some from snaps in, in, on defense. And then that'll be, that'll be fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the two linebacker sets the Eagles love to run. Um, after that, like you said, there's not a need for a whole lot of depth. And guys like Davion Taylor, Sean Bradley, Alex Singleton, before they get any significant playing time, they still need more development. So it's not like you have a group of six linebackers that can all immediately step on the field at any given notice. They're not going to be rotated um, constantly throughout the game. It's going to be you know, most likely Gary and Edwards running the show um, week in and week out. So yeah, Sean Bradley, in my opinion, I, I'd like him. I know the Eagles like him, but it's one of those players that you look at right now in the season, but also um, if he does make the roster further into the season, that can just be bumped up and down from the practice squad. You saw last year with a guy like, you know, Alex Ellis and other players, Josh Perkins. Um, it happens. There's always players on the team that do that. So he's definitely a candidate, um, but hopefully he can stick around long term. Going to cornerback, um, definitely made some improvements here with Darius Slay. Um, week one, do you have Maddox or uh, Sidney Jones opposite Darius Slay? I, 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 going into training camp, I was fully on board of the Sidney Jones train. I have been on the Sidney Jones train since he was drafted. Um, I, you know, to get a top five talent that he was projected when coming out in the second round, even though he was coming off an Achilles injury that made him drop, um, I was all for it. You know, his pedigree showed he can be an elite corner. And then with this latest injury and how he hasn't been practicing and all that, I'm pretty much on the edge and about to jump off the train. Right. Um, it's been Maddox. It's been Maddox and, and Slay this whole camp. Uh, you know, it's uh, Schwartz has not been shy to, to tip his hand. And so it's going to be Slay and Maddox. Um, Rasul Douglas, I thought had a shot just because we interviewed the footwork King uh, mm-hmm. in, in June, who's Terry Slay's footwork King, Logan Ryan's footwork, uh, footwork. Um, footwork coach and Richard Sermon's footwork coach, Odell Beckham's footwork coach, Le'Veon Bell's. So he's played, he's, he's taught the elites and Rasul Douglas went to him. Graylin Arnold also went to him and said, fix me. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he was showing videos on Twitter of this is what Rasul is doing. He's changing this, changing this. And then you see the video of Rasul get destroyed by Quez Watkins and John Hightower. So was Slay, you know, the one-on-one drill is a wide receiver drill, but everybody's like, oh, why are they abusing Douglas right now? Douglas has had a very good camp the last week. Uh, I've seen videos and reports of, of him like blitzing really well, covering really well. But I don't think he has a shot at at CB two. I think it's Maddox's job. Uh, so we're we're gonna we're gonna start with Maddox at one side, Nick Roby Coleman in the slot. You got Slay on the other side. Rasul has probably made himself a nice snap share. Um, he's done a lot with less since he's been drafted. He since Asante Samuel left, I think in 2012, so since 2013, Rasul Douglas has the second most interceptions, and he's only been here since 2017. Yeah, he has five interceptions in his career. Ronald Darby has one more with six. Um, but so Rasul has a knack to get the ball. It's just 
when he's able to stay with the receiver, it's that that's his problem. You know, the double move of in his in his in his career, a wide receiver can just look one way, and Rasul Douglas is going that way, and then you know the receiver's wide open. Um, we've seen him get abused by Devontae Hems. We've seen him get abused by Amari Cooper. Um, you know, it's 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 been bad, but his improvements, I think, have vaulted him to the CB three conversation. I think Sidney Jones, his time is. I think his time is up. I I can't see him. I don't think it's going to be cut. I think there's going to be a move made soon. I think Sidney Jones is probably going to go to a CB needy, needy team. Um, the Panthers have been calling around for DB help. Maybe he goes there. Um, I loved Curtis Samuel's comeback, but I, you know, it's, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, if they could flip Jones for some, I would love him to go to Arizona. I think Arizona needs CB help also. They just signed Drake or Patrick, but he's not an answer. He's not really good. Um, and just trade Hassan Reddick over to the Eagles. Uh, you know, he's another undersized guy. He's very fast. He's a Philly guy. He's a temple mm-hmm. guy. You know, he, he, he's a temple guy. So, um, he, I would love him there uh yeah, he can pair up with the other temple guy you know sean bradley and and do some nice damage you know people say he's undersized he's not much bigger he's not he's not much bigger than he's around Nate Jerry's size you know it's mm-hmm. schwartz loves his undersized fast linebackers and that's Hassan reddick he was widely viewed as the best linebacker in the draft when he was in there and um now th- he's been through three like defensive coordinators defensive systems they don't know where to put him just give him to schwartz let me let him do his thing. I, I would love for him to be on, on the Eagles. Don't think it will happen. I have so many dreams that won't come true. Um, but it's, I just don't think Sidney Jones ha- has the confidence anymore. Confidence goes a long way. The, re- the really good corners, as soon as they make a mistake, they just move on. Jones looks like he's a guy, he makes a mistake, and it just stays with him the whole time. And as, in this league, if you hesitate once on a, on a route, it's, it's done. You have to stay, stick with your fundamentals. You have to stick with what you know how to do. Stick with what brought you to the draft status that you had in 2007, in 2018. It's, I don't think he has it anymore. And, and that's unfortunate because I love the guy and I wanted him to be CB1. Uh, now with Slay, I wanted him to be CB2. Um, but I just, I, 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 it pains me to say that I'm wrong, but I think I'm wrong. So if you get rid of Jones, then do you have a name of a player that might come in and uh, fill that cornerback three or cornerback four spot. I don't. I think there'll be, you know, they, they with with the DBs that they have with Will Parks coming in there now and 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 Kayvon Wallace and Grant, mm-hmm. Grant, I think Grant Arnold makes the team. You know, okay. and you have Rodney back there and Jalen Mills. So you have guys who have corner um, experience. Kayvon Wallace played a lot of slot at Clemson. Played a lot of slot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grant Arnold went from CB to safety. Uh, in our interview with him um, on, on my podcast, he said, yeah, they've been just grooming me for safety. I've been learning from Rodney McLeod, you know, that they, I'm not going to play corner anymore. So he's a corner from cor- from college, just now he's safety. Mm-hmm. So you have him. You have Will Parks, who played a lot of corner in Denver. So they made only carry. Jalen Mills, too. Jalen Mills, yeah. I was Jalen Mills. So you, they may only carry. And, you know, you have LeBlanc back there mm-hmm. and, and behind like Robbie Coleman. So they may only carry four legit corners in Slay, LeBlanc, NRC, and Maddox. Oh, and, no, and, and, and Douglas, so five. And then you just rotate the rest with, with the other safeties. Um, I, you know, Prince Mukamara is up there now. He, mm-hmm. is, he got released from the, from the Raiders. I know he's a popular name for the Eagles. Maybe if there's an injury, um, they, they go scour. I, just, I, I think right now they go five legit corners and then just you have the rest between Mills, Arnold and Wallace uh, and and put and Parks just rotating in, you know, slot box safety and all that. They find I, for the first time in a long time that defense has a lot of enigmas. They have a lot of guys that they, that defense may not know where they're going to cover. Before that, you saw one corner over there they they're going to do this, dude. But I think Schwartz finally has the pieces. If Schwartz doesn't, the defense sucks this year. Schwartz is gone. He has yeah, to be. Absolutely. I've given him. I've given him. So I've given him. Like I'm Jeffrey Lurie. Um, <laughs> you know how many times I've said Schwartz needs to be gone. Schwartz needs to be gone. Well, hindsight, he never really had the players to to run his defense. Now he, he does. does. He yeah. has zero excuse this year. If that defense cannot perform with Darius Slay, 
and you know, and all that. And Darius Slay saying that this is a, a defense that reminds him of his 2014 Detroit Lions team that led the league in a lot of categories. He, you know, I was talking to Brian, my co-host on the last pod. Slay said that this is a team that reminds him of that, of that defense. They only they only allowed 17 point like three points per game, wow. per game. And I was like, they just gave that up to the Redskins team formerly known as the Redskins last year in one half. Yeah. Some, some teams, they give it up to them in the first five minutes of the game. So to, to have a defense that could only allow 17 to 20 points in a game, that's, that's going to be such a huge improvement. I think this is, this is the year that Schwartz, if it doesn't happen, then any team that wants to interview him for anything, just let him go. And then just maybe move up Marquand Manuel because Marquand, from what I've seen, he's going to be a great, great high here, higher. He already is. Uh, and I think he's probably going to be groomed to take to take over as the new defensive coordinator once Schwartz is gone, whenever you. Okay, I like it. Those are great ideas there. Um, you mentioned the safeties, and I agree with you. There's a lot of versatility. The Eagles have been trying to, you know, play with that for the last couple of years in their secondary. Move players around. You know, Avante Maddox was moved around a lot his rookie year, but they haven't really had the caliber of players that they do this year um, as compared to the past. You know, they they try to move these players around, but they haven't been as good as this year. So if they want to keep just five corners, like you mentioned, they definitely have the power to do so this year. Um, Jalen Mills in the NFL, he's only paid play corner, so he has the experience to move back outside if he needs to. Um, you know, you mentioned Graylin Arnold. You think he's going to make the team. So assuming that we're on the same page here with McLeod, Mills, Parks, Wallace, and Arnold um, as the five safeties there, who do you think, you know, besides Rodney McLeod, because he played, you know, over 95% of snaps last year, he's probably going to stay at that if he stays healthy. Um, after Rodney McLeod, who do you think plays the most snaps out of, you know, Mills, Parks, Wallace, and Arnold? Because there's a lot of versatility there. There's a lot of guys that are going to play different roles. Um, all pretty similar in skills, uh, you know, skill on the field, in my opinion. I think it starts out with Mills. Mm -hmm. I think Mills, I, from all, everything I've read and seen, Mills has really shown that he's a safety, which is what he played in college. He should have stayed at safety to begin with, and he was really good in college as safety. He's just, he dropped the seventh round just because all his character issues and all that. Um, but he's best suited for safety. He does not have the speed to keep up with a receiver at corner. We did have John Barchard on a couple weeks ago, and he said it's only a matter of time before Mills goes back to CB2. Okay. Uh, he's, he's very adamant that Mills is going to be CB2 because we were like, who do you think? Is it going to be Maddox? He's like, no, it's going to be Mills. Okay. I, I disagree. Mm -hmm. I think Mills is best at safety. People think Darby – I mean, not Darby. Douglas <laughs> is, best, is, is, is best suited at safety. I like I like him at corner. I like his big length, you know, long corners that he that he is. Um, but I think Mills starts off with the most of that snaps, followed by Parks. Eagles don't really like to play their rookies too often, too early, except for Mills. I mean, Mills Miles last year. Um, even with Miles, you saw that he like was kind of eased into it with Jordan Howard. They they used Miles Sanders so wrong the first couple weeks. Or well, Miles. It was more Miles Sanders' fault. He was trying to be shady. Yeah. With when he's not shady, like he was going east to west and trying to juke people out of this, and he he couldn't do it. And then finally, he got his feet wet, and he's like, "Okay, I can. I have to go do this and, and trust my vision." All that. We may not see Wallace that much, Arnold that much to begin with, which I think is a mistake. Wallace is really good. You know, the fact that he fell as far as he did. And the fact that 11 safeties were taken before him, it's, it's ridiculous. He was the best tackling safety, as by P PFF, best tackling safety in, in the whole draft. He was a really good slot corner. He was really good safety. And he has the championship pedigree. You know, he's won national championships in, in college. So, and, and, and he has the character for it. You know, interviewing him, he has it. He, he, he has the attitude. He has the want. So for him to he, – he's, he's going to be there. He's going to play a little bit of box linebacker. He's going to play safety. He's going to play corner. He's going to be all over the place. I think over the, after the month, I think that changes from Mills and Parks. And I think that changes to Wallace, Parks, and Mills. You know, we might see Mills more a corner. Uh, we still see Arnold here and there. But as, as many times as Schwartz likes to play three safeties, we'll, we'll probably see a lot of uh, McLeod, Parks, and and Wallace with maybe Mills playing box a little bit. Um, 
Arnold, he's probably but he's probably going to be special teams hmm. for the most part. Um, maybe towards the end of the year we'll see him more. And I, but I, I truly think I know Mills is on one year, Parks on one year, Cloud I think is two years. Right. Um, I think next year we see a Wallace Arnold starting starting ten next year, which I would love. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, those are great ideas because, you know, I like um, Will Parks. I think a lot of people are forgetting about him just because, um, you know, everybody's loving the Kayvon Walls pick. I mean, you, you said great things about him. So um, everybody's excited about him. But Will Parks, I mean, he's, he's still a great safety in this league. I think right. he's going to do great things. If Jalen Mills moves back to the corner, um, as you mentioned, you know, Parks is going to be um, you know, the most experienced at his role right there. So I definitely want to see Wallace increase his role with the team. Um, but yeah, it might take a backseat to Mills and Parks as the season starts. But as it progresses, you know, Wallace and Arnold, yeah, I believe they will be the future um, because, you know, these, these safeties right now, a little bit older, shorter term deals. Um, you have to find that long-term um, solution there that they've, you know, neglected to do for the past couple of years until now. So hopefully that comes out, um, you know, well for them, but um, this is a very solid team. I think we uh, we build a pretty good roster here. Um, the Eagles, you know, they're suffering with injuries right now. I believe there's going to be more injuries across the league um, as the season starts just because, yeah. you know, teams aren't used to this contact. But um, there's there's good depth on this team. You know, this is a championship caliber team as far as depth goes. And if they have to make a couple of other moves, we trust in Howie that he's going to do the right things there. And Howie, we always trust. You know, right. It's uh, like you said, I think uh, the first three weeks of the season, maybe first month, we're going to see a rash of injuries all mm-hmm. over the place. First time they're really hitting, you know, they're hitting now in practice, but they're not, you know, they're not going to hit each other to the point where they're trying to hurt them. Not that, you know, no one's really hurt, trying to hurt anybody, I would hope, in the whole league, but you know, you're not, you're not facing another team. Like you're not, you're not going to get repercussions if you mistakenly take out someone's knee you know, in practice, you take out someone's knee, you're probably going to get cut. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, Dillard, Dillard almost got all of Philly at his doorstep when <laughs> we saw that he was blocked into the back of Carson Wentz last week. Um, you know, it's the fact that we're gonna, you're going to have violent, angry players tack, coming at you in the next couple of weeks. You're going to get hurt, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be bad. And um, with the, with no preseason and, and the shortened, you know, context, it's it's going to be bad. Um, you know, we're going to see a lot of sloppy offense. We're going to see a lot of sloppy defenses because, you know, Wentz wasn't, didn't play in that scrimmage um, that Raygor got hurt in. Uh, I hate that Raygor. I, I like that Raygor traced down the interception because you see his hustle. But at the same time, out of nature, did not need to do that at all. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a scrimmage, you know, so Wentz didn't get to play with them. So it, it may get a little sloppy, but Wentz has had his, by all accounts has had his best training camp of his career. People have said, some of the reporters said he's, he's doing things he did in 2017. Mm-hmm. He has speed. I I think, I honestly think he's throwing for 5,000 yards this year. Agreed. He, just, he has too much firepower to not, to not do it. You know, yeah. He, even if he spreads out the ball around and he, the, his, his highest receiver has 800 yards, it's probably going to have, you're going to probably have Ertz at 800, Goddard at six, you're going to have Raygor maybe at, at six, and Ward at five, and, and Jay Jaw at five, and, and Jackson at maybe eight. And it's just going to add up in, in mm-hmm. bunches. Sanders too, and Scott. So he just has so many weapons that to not throw for that much. He probably throw for 40 touchdowns again, maybe 45. But I think he's going to have a lot of – I think he's going to average well over 300 yards again, and it's going to be easy for him. Yeah, big year coming. You mentioned it's going to be sloppy. There's going to be injuries. But, you know, all in all, we're going to have Eagles football back, which is very promising, very excited to see yes. what this season brings. Um, you know, Chris, thank you so much for joining. I think we had a great discussion today, you know, talking about the, the team. Excited to see them back on the field in less than two weeks now against the Washington football team. So looking forward yeah, to yeah. it. Um, thanks again for coming on. It is going to be a little scary with Chase Young going against whoever we're deploying at left tackle, but yeah, it's tomorrow, September and September we have football. So it's, it's, it's for something that we didn't, was such an unknown that we didn't think was going to happen. It's going to happen. I just hope that they treat it like the NBA has treated it. NBA has done great with it. MLB, if they started a little shaky, with Miami and, and, and the Phillies and, and 
the Cardinals and they're all going out and getting infected and all that. I hope they, they treat it how these – and NHL. NHL is treating it great too. Um, maybe we see some bubbles open up during the season and it changes a little bit. But right now they've done everything. They've handled everything really well, which is surprising because it's Roger Goodell. Um, you know, it's very surprising that he's doing things the right way. But um, hopefully it stays like this and we don't have a start and then all of a sudden we have to pause. But, um, you know, it's, I'm excited. It's, it's Last year I wasn't too excited for the season. I, was, I just knew, you know, but this this year I'm very excited for it. And, uh, you know, I thank you for for inviting me on. It was a great discussion. And um, I, I uh, will definitely be looking at more of your work and, and all that and keep up the good work with, with Philly Sports Nation. And um, I know you're, you're the other PSN. We're, yeah. We're, we're the PSN. I, I, <laughs> I think so. Um, but you know, I appreciate you and um, uh, thank you for having me on and thank you everybody for listening and, and hopefully I can't wait for our Super Bowl yeah absolutely thanks again Chris um, everybody make sure you check out Flipping the Birds podcast if you want to listen to Chris more uh, he does great work so thank you all for listening and uh, make sure you tune in next week for more Birds banter go Birds go Birds <laughs>